Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to our show. Number 944. As we do our show live here on the 23rd of July, I think it's fair to say that in most of the U.S., it's... Too hot. Oh, it's too hot, mate. It's too hot, too hot, too hot, lady. Yep, too hot. And if I have the numbers right, our friends in Phoenix have now suffered through temperatures above 110 degrees. Is it 24 days in a row, I think? Predicted high in Phoenix today, 112 Degrees, Very tough there and lots of other places, too. And, of course, very dangerous for people who aren't indoors with air conditioning. And tough for birds, too, as we must point out, given the focus of our show. Back in August of 2021, birding guru Laura Erickson was with us, and she talked about the fact that while birds can generally cope with cold weather pretty efficiently, dealing with hot weather is a lot more difficult. Here's a snippet of what she said about that. But hot weather, they can't dissipate that extra heat the way mammals can by sweating. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to pant, or what we call guler fluttering, where their whole throat uh, flutters and moisture on the surface of the inside of their mouth and upper throat will evaporate and help cool them down. But that does not work all that well and so they can they have problems coping with too much heat and laura erickson if you'd like to hear all of her comments about that find show number 847 august 29th 2021 show 847 you can find it easily at talkingbirds.com well, our friend and Talking Birds ambassador Gino Ellison is doing a big year, devoting his year to a search for birds, and he sent us a note saying, please ask your listeners to cheer for me as I try to report 700 USA birds by December 31st. When we heard from Gino a few days ago, he told us he had found 537 species already. Wow. And Gino sent us some bird vocalizations from his visit this week to Colorado, Here's a little sample of three of them. See if you can ID these birds. A flammulated owl. How about this one? The sweet sounds of the Clark's nutcracker and one more. The McGill of Ray's warbler. Thank you, Gino, and good luck. Now an audio postcard from Charity out on the West Coast. Let's see if we can figure out what this bird is before she tells us. Hint, it's not a flammulated owl. Hello, Ray. 
This is Charity Hagen from Lake Elsinore, California. And that bird you're hearing is a common poor will. It says its name as it calls. And we commonly hear them here in the spring and the summer on cool, cool evenings. It's almost dark. And above my home here is a hillside covered in chaparral. A lot of bushes, some scrub oaks. And we pretty much have had these birds calling ever since I've lived here for about 20 years. They're a night jar. Uh, they hunt insects after dark. I've only seen them a couple of times. But we've uh, really enjoyed living here, being serenaded by these uh, denizens of the night that are rarely seen but often heard. Take care. Bye. All right. Thank you so much, Charity and Common Poor Will. And we're looking for more audio postcards. Get out with your phone and just look at some birds and give a description of what you see. Try to get a little recording of the birds in the process if you can. And just make a little file there and send it to Ray at TalkingBirds.com. That's Ray at TalkingBirds.com. We're hearing a lot of birds this morning, and there's another one. And this one, we can't identify right now because it's our mystery bird. A little preview of our contest coming along in just a little while. And today's contest is very special because we have a very special announcement in association with our mystery bird contest. So you'll certainly want to enter our contest this morning. Our mystery bird is a small but somewhat stocky songbird with a thick bill, a gray crown, a pale stripe over the eyes, grayish-brown back and wings with no wing bars, and a yellowish belly. Our bird breeds pretty much all across Canada and winters in Mexico and Central America and feeds mostly on insects, for which it forages in the upper areas of trees, snatching prey from foliage or sometimes on short flights. This is a relative of last week's mystery bird, if it sounds a little bit familiar. And we have a, a musical clue as well. Here it is. the musical clue for our mystery bird in the contest coming up a little bit later on in this morning's show. And now... A salute to two more Talking Birds ambassadors, listeners who have stepped up in helping us spread the word about birds and conservation. And we want to say thank you to Keith Sutton from Gross Eel, Michigan. Thank you so much, Keith. And thank you to Andy Volpe from Worcester, Massachusetts. He says, not sure why it took me this long to join as an ambassador. Birds feature prominently in my artwork where I study and use the drawing and printing techniques of the old masters. 1400s to 1800. He also does a lot of living history and reenactments. He says, I spend time outdoors, which of course means surrounded by birds. So I hope I can draw others into the hobby to appreciate and help birds. Thank you so much, Andy. Andy's website, by the way, worth looking at is andyvolpe.com, V-O-L-P-E, andyvolpe.com. To become an ambassador, we hope you will. Just go to the Get Involved tab. That's the Get Involved tab at the top of our homepage, Talking Birds 
Ambassadorsclub.com. Very easy to do and very easy to become an ambassador. Still to come on our show today, our own Freya McGregor will be our special guest, and she'll detail some of her birding experiences as she works on her book about accessible birding across the United States. Also today, Mike O'Connor will join us from an almost live from the archive installment of Let's Ask Mike. We hope you'll like it, and we know he will. And up next, we have something special in our usual featured feathered friend time slot, as yours truly gets the honor of reading a mini-essay by our friend, awesome birder, and accomplished author Al Bat. This segment of our show is presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. House wrens sang a hymn to a summer day. Their songs came from everywhere and from nowhere. Other voices joined. Robin, common yellowthroat, American redstart, red-eyed vireo, indigo bunting, and goldfinch. A catbird practiced his repertoire. Fledged chickadees and their tuckered parents are a treat to watch and listen to. For 30-plus years of Junes, I've done a breeding bird survey, BBS, covering parts of Moore, Freeborn, and Steele counties. I hope for a calm day, but some years the wind makes the tall grass dance the hula. A BBS is a frolicking four-way away from life's accustomed roads and a practice in mindfulness. I start at 5.02 a.m. and make 50 stops for three minutes each and tally every bird I see or hear. Like most things in life, it's important to listen. Each year, the red-winged blackbird has been the bird I've counted most often. A BBS never fails to thrill and surprise. I heard a willow flycatcher call... Achoo! Sandhill cranes appeared as usual, but trumpeter swans did not. I see one chimney swift each year, just one. The strikingly handsome red-headed woodpeckers weren't in numbers high enough to cause anyone to consider a hunting season, but I saw a bunch. The collective noun for woodpeckers is a descent. I see a descent of flickers in my yard each year, but the red-headed woodpeckers were cleverly spaced for my constant amazement. I love a BBS. It keeps my three-minute egg timer employed. Words about birds by the great Al Bat. You can find out more great stuff and see more, too, on Al's website. That's albat.com, albat.com. That's bat with two Ts. Welcome again to our show, number 944, I think. Many of us say we're going to write a book someday, but percentage-wise, not many of us do. Our Freya McGregor is an exception because she's working on a birding-related book right now tentatively titled 
a field guide to accessible birding in the United States. She's traveling around the U.S. doing research for the book, and we've caught up with her this morning with an update on the book project and some of the travel and things she's experienced in the process so far. Good morning, Freya. Good morning, Ray. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure indeed. We hear you on the show all the time, but it's nice to have you live this morning. You've told us a bit about the book back on March 5th. That was our show number 924, easily found at TalkingBirds.com. But for those who missed it and can't get to us, tell us a bit about the book and its goal. So lots of birders with different disabilities and access challenges need detailed information about the birding location ahead of time in order to make a good decision about whether that's a place they want to go and try birding at. And there's very little of that information around on Nature Preserve's websites or in bird binding guides and things like that. So this book is the first book, as far as we know, uh, to be written by a disabled birder, that's me, uh, for disabled birders, talking about the really detailed accessibility information about birding locations that have really awesome birding. And it's going to be published by Princeton University Press in a couple of years once I (laughs) visit all these places, which is a lot. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of time, a lot of uh, traveling around. The last time I checked, we have uh, 50 states in the U.S. Well, you're going to do the contiguous states, I'm guessing, or is that not correct? Yeah, we'll we'll see how we go. Um, (laughs) Okay. Definitely the continuous to con- con- the, the the ones the, that are all oh, connected. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, so far, if I'm not mistaken, you've traveled to northern New England and Nebraska, and I guess points in between. You'll be heading to the Pacific Northwest next. Um, what have you experienced so far? What kind of feedback have you received? Oh, it's been great. Uh, Talking to rangers and staff at different places, uh, folks have been really interested in what I'm doing and um, offer lots of their own um, perspective, which, you know, sometimes is really, really valuable. Sometimes it's a little helpful. (laughs) (laughs) And lots and lots of folks I know with abettors who who have disabilities are really excited about this book because the really cool thing is many of the big birding spectacles in the U.S. can be experienced from an accessible trail or by car birding or from a stationary um, location. So they can be accessible for different people. And I'm also trying to catch up with um, some specialty species that folks might, you know, have always wanted to see a Kirtland's warbler in Michigan or or a painted bunting in Florida or something like that. And so uh, there's Folks are excited about this book because I I hope it it will get folks out to places that they didn't know they could visit. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, part of your travel includes looking at birds. What have been some of the highlights? I know you've had greater prairie chickens in Nebraska and Bicknell's thrush somewhere. Yeah, so the greater prairie chickens, I mean, that's kind of a specialty species. And a lot of the times uh, they're seen from a blind because the males display all together at a lek. It's like a, you know, nightclub, <laughs> but at dawn. Uh, for, for the males, they all come and fluff up their air sacs and put up their tails and stomp really fast and just be as sexy as possible. And uh, so I I went to a bird blind hoping that it would be really, really good from an access standpoint. It it really 
Uh, not quite. It was up a steep, grassy hill, like in the dark. It, it, the The blind, the window was very high. The, it, it didn't really kind of match. But the experience of being there on a really cold morning in late March, watching these prairie chickens with my friend Marie was was really something else. So, um, you know, this this book. Is, is a lot of work, but it's it's also pretty fun. And Big Nell's Thrush, I was just up in New England and Big Nell's Thrush only nest on the tops of the taller mountains up in the northeast. And I wanted to know if you could catch up with one without having to hike up a mountain. Mm-hmm. And it turns out you can. And actually there's a few places in the northeast where um, you can drive up mountains. And I was on Mount Washington. Uh, there's an auto road and there's a couple of spots where if you stop and roll down your windows or if you're able to get out and, you know, just walk a little bit of the way down a trail and just sit quietly. I mean, I probably sat in the same area for about 45 minutes, listening to a black pole warbler sing, and then a Vic Nels thrush started singing as well, and it was it was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. We only have a half a minute left, but you've told me you're looking for material input for your book. What kind of input specifically, and how can folks deliver it to you? I would be so grateful if anyone has any recommendations for birding locations in the U.S. that are really wonderfully accessible uh, and that have really, really awesome birding. Uh, my website is the OT Birder. OT is for occupational therapist, which is my background. Theotbirder.com. And you can send me in. There's like a little form. You can send me in your recommendations. Super, super helpful. All right. The otbirder.com is the website, theotbirder.com. Freya, thank you. Good luck on the next leg of your research trip, and here's hoping you see lots of great birds along the way. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Our Freya McGregor here on Talking Birds. And up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. There's our mystery bird. There he is. There he is now, our mystery bird. A small but somewhat stocky songbird with a thick bill, a gray crown, a pale stripe over the eyes, grayish-brown back and wings with no wing bars and a yellowish belly. Our bird breeds pretty much all across Canada and winters in Mexico and Central America. Feeds mostly on insects. That's our mystery bird. Here's the number to call, 781-837-4900, to claim these fabulous prizes from Brome Bird Care, a mega 600-feeder with an extra-large tube that holds nearly two and a half pounds of seed. It's easy to clean and chew-proof. It includes the Brome Seed Ventilation System to keep the the seed cool and dry. Plus a $20 gift certificate for Wisdom Supply, makers of those wonderful plastic-free, zero-waste school and office supplies. 
And here's the something special we alluded to earlier on in the show. Today's Mystery Bird contest winner will be entered automatically into a drawing for a chance to win a pair of Vortex Viper HD 8x42 binoculars. Retail priced around $500. Winner will be announced on our September 3rd show. A little something extra starting today in our Mystery Bird Contest. And that number is 781-837-4900. Please call us as soon as you possibly can. 781-837-4900 is the number to call on the Mystery Bird Contest. And don't forget, getting the wrong answer does not necessarily eliminate you from contention. If no one gets the right answer, a drawing will determine our winner. 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, let's ask Mike, almost live from the archive in just one minute. Have you ever dreamed of owning a bookstore? Beauty of Books, a fixture in the birding community for over 50 years, is for sale. With our unique blend of high-tech and old-fashioned customer service, Beauty of Books has remained successful and strong. This thriving business offers the largest selection of new, used, and rare bird books in the world and needs only a new owner who's passionate about birds and books. If you or someone you know would like more information, contact us at customerservice at beautyobooks.com. Thanks. Quest Nature Tours has offered exceptional tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. In 2023, join us in search of colorful bird life and jaguars in Brazil or on our brand new Zambia Safari. See amazing wildlife and explore habitats with travel companions who truly enjoy nature. Talking Birds listeners receive a $150 credit towards their first tour. Visit QuestNatureTours.com today. Birds and much more. Guaranteed. Michael Connor is down there at the legendary Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Good morning, Mike. Uh, it's too hot down here. It's too <laughs> it's, hot right now. You said that last week, I think. Yeah, it's still it's even hotter, I think, than it was. Oh my gosh! Last yeah, week. yeah. Oh, I, I, I had enough. I give up. I uncle. Can you say uncle to Just, the weather? So you said it. You got it. Maybe, <laughs> before we get to today's topic. If we have time for it, I have something very complimentary about you that I've been forced to read. I mean, that I want to read. Um, It's from our friend Linda Schwartz in Baltimore. She says, at our Parkville Y, Baltimore County Book Club, members read any book they like and report on it at our monthly meeting. Thursday evening, Jean was so delighted with Mike's book, Why Do Bluebirds Hate Me?, that she actually read passages to the group. She claims your book is better than a bacon burger. Mm. The group was mesmerized and all agreed that they'd be listening to Talking Birds on Sunday to hear the captivating Mike O'Connor. <laughs> what captivating? We weren't it's able about to, time. It's we, about time someone called me captivating. Well, I was going to say we couldn't reach the captivating Mike O'Connor, but we had the regular <laughs> uh, Mike O'Connor. Yeah. This is the best you can do right now. Yeah, sorry about the bacon burger thing. I know you're a vegetarian, Mike. But yeah, well, you know idea. what? That's still, yeah. it's, a ni- it's, it's a nice compliment, though. It'd be better than a bacon burger. Thank you, Gene, yeah. and, and thanks, Linda, for passing that on. I appreciate it. And why do bluebirds hate me, which is probably, thank you, because it's not as depressing as the title sounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. It is, uh, in fact, mesmerizing. It says, mesmerizing. It, right, it, says it right here. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But there's something more. something else very exciting down your way, and this is like right in your backyard. And now you, I know you've had great crested flycatchers and other birds nesting there, but now you've had green herons. Green nesting. herons. Can you believe oh. it? And, 
Yeah, am I interrupting your introduction? I'm sorry. No, no, I'm just yeah. mesmerized here. I'm just <laughs> waiting to hear more. <laughs> so here's the deal. You're right. My yard, I live in a neighborhood which can't stop landscaping the life out of it. My neighbors mm. cut down, prim, spray, do everything. So there's not much. I mean, we've been lucky to have a few things, and there's a little stand of trees to, and it, towards the end of the backyard that I look at all the time. And um, one day I was underneath the trees trying to get rid of the invasive species, which was English ivy, and I looked on the ground, and some of the ivy was covered with white bird droppings. So I looked up, and looking back at me was a young baby, we'll call it, uh, green heron staring back at me. And I don't know if you've ever seen a young green heron, but it's kind of freaky looking. It looks yeah. like a cross between like a, a bottle brush and a troll doll. <laughs> it's got all goofy looking. And it's staring. And what amazed me is that these birds nested here, and I didn't know it. I mean, this time, my yard is tiny. How did I not know it? And not only was there, there one, but as I followed the, the bird droppings around, I found four of them all living in these little tiny area of cedar trees. And, like, you you know baby bird, they can be rowdy, they can be loud. These guys were dead silent. And when the mother came in, we'll call it the mother, could have been the father. But when the adult came in to feed it, it flew really low below the canopy, which probably why I didn't know. And the birds were silent. They, the, the, the adult would land, and these birds would hop from branch to branch because they were out of the nest at this point. And the mother would feed them and then fly away virtually silent. So, I, you know, I guess I... I take the credit, or I don't take the blame for not knowing, because they were really, really secretive birds. Wow. It was it was actually pretty kind of cool. So my advice to everybody out there, always follow the bird poop when you find it on the English ivy. Wow, that is some top quality advice. And we have pictures, by the way, that, uh, that you took of, of those uh, green heron uh, chicks there. So uh, we'll, we'll try to put that up on our social media or our website, and people can see if it really does look like a combination bottle brush and troll doll. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, it'll be mesmerizing if you <laughs> do that. Will be. Talk to you next week, Mike. Okay, you got it right. Yeah, <laughs> For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Whether you enjoy birds in your backyard or far afield, you'll find information in every issue to help you find, track, identify, and understand birds. Regular contributors include Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and other birding experts. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. There it is, that mystery bird in our mystery bird contest. A small but somewhat stocky songbird with a thick bill, a gray crown, pale stripe over the eyes, grayish-brown back and wings, with no wing bars and a yellowish belly. What is it? 781-837-4900. And we have uh, Chuck out there in the Hawkeye State in Iowa. Good morning, Chuck. Good morning, Ray. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, what is the name Hawkeye State? Do you, could you, could you, do you know what that uh, where that came from? Well, we've got uh, the Hawkeye, Iowa Hawkeyes over in uh, Iowa City. Okay. I would like to make a guess on the bird. Yeah, okay, that's what we're doing here, the mystery bird contest. Okay, sure, that makes sense. What do you think it is, then? Philadelphia Vireo. That is, and you're not even from Philadelphia. You're not even near Philadelphia. Philadelphia Philadelphia Vireo, absolutely right. Do you want to try our bonus question, Chuck? I think we have time. Absolutely. 
Dutch scientists say some birds have found a very human-style way of protecting their nests from intrusions by other birds. What is this method they've employed? It's, uh, 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 what do you call this, uh, multiple choice. A, they're putting large branches like a fence in front of their nests to block other birds' entry. B, they're covering their nests with leaves to disguise them. C, they're putting sharp metal spikes around their nests to discourage unwanted visitors. Or D, they're putting up big no trespassing signs. <laughs> that would be their choices. That's very funny. Um, I'm going to go with A. A would be uh, large branches. No, actually, they're putting up sharp metal spikes, believe it or not, that they're tearing off the roof of the churches there in Belgium. Oh Antwerp, yeah. Antwerp, Belgium, they pulled off more than 100 feet of anti-bird spike strips to create this. But, uh, Chuck, you're a winner in our Mystery Bird Contest, so stay on the line, and Jesse will arrange things for you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Chuck, correctly identifying the Philadelphia Vireo as our special guest. Next week, Luke Safford from the Southeast Arizona Birding Festival will be our special guest. Hope you'll be with us. Have a great time, and see you next week. The Bird Show. I like that. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com.